0: What's happening? Can I have all of y'all stand up? How's everybody doing today? Good. My name is Miles McPherson, Pastor of the Rock Church, and we are celebrating 20 years next week. Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! Went by like that. Went by like that. Um, I, I am. Uh, next week we're going to celebrate. I want to encourage all of you, especially all of the people from all the campuses, to come to whatever campus you go to uh, next week. Bring a friend. We're going to be talking about uh, what's happened over the next 20 year, uh, last 20 years and, and then into the future and we'll tell, hear some stories. Um, so it will be a great time. So bring somebody next week. It, it has been an amazing, amazing ride. I can could, I could tell you that. It's gone by quick. And before you know it, another 20 years will be gone. And a lot of y'all will be in heaven with Jesus by then in 20 years, right. I'm going to still be here though. I'm going to still be here. <laughs> I'm rolling, I'm rolling. I'm, I'm rolling for another another 60. I'm rolling for another 60. I'm going, come on now, come on now. I, I, I want to live to 120. I used to say that and then I saw this dude, he was in China, he was 110. And he was like this. I was like, well, maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> I don't want to be like that. So anyway, let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I'll go whenever you want me to go. I just pray I'm preaching when I, when I die. I just want to be doing ministry and thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for 20 years. Thank you for what you're going to do in the future. And I pray long beyond the lives of our grandkids that you are still doing ministry in this church. And we just thank you in Jesus' name, Amen. Give someone next to you a big hug. Give someone next to you a big hug. Come on now. (laughs) Get your Bibles out, church. Get your Bibles out, church. And I have cracked the code on how to get this right. One, two, three, say word. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. One, two, three, say word. Very good. Turn to Matthew chapter 26. If you have a Bible, Matthew 26. Matthew 26. First book of the New Testament. Matthew 26. Our actual uh, birthday for the church is February 27th, which is this Thursday, but we are going to celebrate it on uh, Sunday, obviously, and we're very excited about that. Matthew 26. Matthew 26. I went to the University of New Haven. Um, 1978 to 1981, played four years of football there. And my last game, it was like 15 degrees outside. And I remember, I don't know if I tackled somebody. For some reason I hit the ground, which is, you know, that's what we do. And I fell, and my fingers split like that. And I broke this pinky. It was like going this way. And I went to the sideline I said, hey, Doc, um, something's up with my pinky. Because it was like that. And he went, yeah, it's broke. And so he kind of jacked it up and put a little thing like this on it. And I played the rest of the game uh, with it wrapped up and then went to the hospital or his office actually that week. And they took an x-ray and it was broke. Stuck a needle in the joint, which is one of the most painful things I ever had happen. And to numb it. And then they (coughs) reset it. And then they put a cast on it. And he says, it's reset, but it needs time to heal. And so we're gonna put this cast on it and it'll heal. And then after you take the cast off, we'll exercise it. And over time, it will be as good as new. I wanna say good as new. I wanna to talk to you about forgiveness healing. Because when you forgive somebody, as we've been talking about for the last three weeks, you're kinda of resetting things the way they should be. But it's gonna take time before the relationship is actually healed, before the pain of the offense is gone before the fear of it happening again is gone, before the trauma is gone. It's very important to distinguish the act of forgiving and as we talked about a few weeks ago um, releasing the bondage of unforgiveness and the actual healing process. So I'm going to give you three steps to pursuing that healing. And it's very important for you to understand that healing can happen because A lot of times we'll say I'm sorry or someone will say they're sorry to you, but there's still pain there. It's like when they reset my bone, it was set and there was a whole lot of pain. (laughs) But it took time for it to be able to be normal, which it ended up becoming normal. Now it's very normal and it works fine. But it was time. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the fact that you've already been through this with God. God has forgiven you and your relationship with God is healed. You can't even remember a lot of the sin that you committed against God. You have been through this with other people in your life who you have had conflict with before that you are now friends. You can't even remember some some of those things. And with those facts in mind, knowing that it's already happened, it should give you hope that whatever conflict you are in now with somebody, it can get better. You are in a process of healing as long as you are participating and by faith believing in that process and by out of obedience, willing to walk through that process amen let's do, let's, do some, let's do a review of what we talked about forgiveness as a definition in your notes it is the restoration of the ability of the image of God in you to respond to the image of God in someone else God created you to forgive he created you to love have love and compassion and patience and kindness towards somebody your ability to do that never goes away there may be parts of you that are angry but the image of God in you is not angry the image of God in you is not trying to get revenge. That's your, that's your sinful nature. And so the image of God in you has the ability, desire, and the mandate to love everybody in your life. So when we talk about, we talk about forgiveness, it's not me saying it's all over and, and it's never happened. It's, it's restoring the ability for me to actually respond to you in a way that God wants me to. Because he commanded me to love you as I love myself. Uh, what forgiveness is not. If I forgive... Is what they did okay. No, we talked about that. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean you're approving of what they did. If I forgive, you know, there's still consequences. Yes. If someone offends you, there's still consequences. And by the way, God will deal with that. If I forgive, do I need to trust them? Not until they earn it. Again, that's part of the healing process. There are some people in your life who... You forgive them, that means you release them from the burden of healing your pain. And you are going to go to God for that. But And they may never repent. They may never change. And you, don't, you are not obligated to put yourself in a position to be hurt again. So forgiveness is not saying I need to be your friend. Forgiveness is not saying I need to trust you today. We need to earn that. And that may never happen because it takes two. Everyone say it takes two. If I forgive them, do I need to forget? Yes and no. Forget your... The idea of you getting revenge. Revenge, Vengeance is not mine says Miles. Vengeance is not mine says whatever your name is. Vengeance is mine says the Lord. Can I get amen. Now you can pray for God to get vengeance. Y'all like, oh, let me get my pen out. Let me get my pen out. You can pray for God to get vengeance. How's that sound? Here's kind of how it could sound. Dear God, you know what they did. You know what they did. You know they're wrong. Get them. In Jesus' name. Now, let me break break code, what that means. When you say in Jesus' name, trust me, this is very important. When you say in Jesus' name, this is what you're really saying. Dear God, you know what they did. Get them. In the same way I would want you to get me. Because... If I want you to have vengeance on them and throw them in jail for lying one time, you got to throw me in jail for lying one time. So, it, however, according to your loving and mercy and kindness, get them. Now, if you don't want to say all that because you can't bring yourself to say all that, in other words, you can't bring yourself to say, Dear God, please have mercy on them, please love them because you want that, just say in Jesus' name. <laughs> And he got it. He got it. Okay. In Jesus' name is not like my rabbit's foot to say whatever I ask for, I get. That's not what that means. In Jesus' name means in in a way that will be consistent with the heart of God. That's what it means. Dear God, I want to marry that girl in Jesus' name. As long as you want me to marry that girl. I want to buy that house in Jesus' name. As long as I can afford that house. Because you may know I'm getting ready to get fired. So I don't want to buy the house if I can't afford the house. (laughs) My, my, my <laughs> preach! Someone's, there's a there's a guy here saying preach. That means his wife is wanting to buy a house, and he said, <laughs> "I've been there, brother. I've been there like four times." Okay, <laughs> I tell you a quick story about my wife. Because my wife is sitting here, she, she's here today. My wife has has said to me three times, "It's time to move," and then she said, it's, "We're going to move there," and every time I was like, "We can't afford there." Where did we end up living? There. <laughs> she worked, God worked it out. So he speaks to her. So I just, I just do it. <laughs> Who forgave the best? Jesus. So I'm going to talk about how Jesus walked out this forgiveness healing with Peter. Now we, we encourage y'all to go in D groups and to have D groups and to be in small group Bible study. And the reason is, is because not only did Jesus command us to have make disciples, it is in the context of relationships that we get to practice our Christianity. Everyone say practice. You don't got it down. I don't got it down. When I got discipled, literally, when I was in discipleship, when I first got saved, there was four of us in Bible study, three hours every week. And... The guy discipling us, he would say, Yo, brother Miles, why don't you pray for us? And I would say, why I got to pray? Why don't you pick guilt? Why are you asking me? Because I was young Christian. I didn't want to pray. I was embarrassed. or whatever." And, and he would literally say, because we need the prayer and you need the practice. And I was like, okay, I guess I got to pray. It's in D groups that you practice in those relationships. And then you get to practice... On another level, with people outside your group, people who who are not in your group, people who you don't know, et cetera, et cetera. Every day you're practicing. So Jesus had his disciples. And he had Peter. Context, Peter was obviously one of the 12. He had 12, but he had three like his executive team. He had 12, but there were three that were closer than the 12. Peter, James, and John. And he would do stuff with them that he didn't do with other people. Like when he healed the 12-year-old girl to be, she died. Jerry's daughter, she died. She was 12 years old. She died. And they said, Jesus, can you come heal my daughter? And then they came and said, your daughter died. Jesus said, she's not dead. She's asleep. She died. But Jesus said, she's not dead. She's asleep. But she died. So he goes up with Peter, James, and John and heals her. And he says, Tal, the cool the girl gets up. And as soon as she wakes up, everyone's tripping. And then he goes, give her some food. Now, I mean, I, that wouldn't be the first thing I thought about if someone died That to give me some food. I don't know where she went when she died. Maybe she went on a long trip and she's hungry. I don't know. But he said, give her some food. But who was with him? Peter, James, and John. When he went up on the mountain of transfiguration, and Moses appeared to him and, and, and Tabernacle and Elijah, and it was Peter, James, and John. Just those three guys were with him. When, when he went walking on the water and the disciples were in the boat, who was the one to step out of the boat? Peter. Peter was the only guy to step out of the boat. When Jesus said he was going to be arrested and, and beat, who was the one who said, no, you will not be arrested. You're not... It was Peter. Peter was his guy. And yet when he was arrested, right before he was arrested, he told Peter, Peter, I know you, you, you're trying to say, you, you, you know, you trust me and you love me and all this stuff. And you've been, we've done all these miracles together, but you're going to deny me three times tonight. You tell me how much you love me. Be careful when people tell you they love you a lot. Be careful when people tell you all the time, hey, you're this, you're this, you're this. Oh, They're just setting you up. I remember Doug Flutie, he was a football player, played here, played at Boston College, and played for the Chargers for a little bit. And, and, and he had played a good game for the Chargers. And they said, hey, Doug Flutie, what do you think about all this praise you're getting? You're the man. And he says, a pat on the back is 12 inches from a kick in the butt. <laughs> I never forgot that. I was like, hey, 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 bam. Same person, right? Okay. So. He says, tonight you are going to deny me. He says, I'll never do that. Jesus gets arrested and then they come after Peter. Look at what had happened. Chapter 26, verse 69. Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before all of them, saying, I do not know what you are saying. Okay, let's just keep in context. This is Peter. He walked for three years with Jesus. Saw miracles, did miracles, walked on water, heard Jesus outwit all the religious leaders. And he's saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I wonder how many of y'all work if someone came up to you random in a meeting. Hey, are you a Christian? What would you say? No, I appreciate it. But, but like five people said yes. And maybe you didn't think you were supposed to answer that out loud. I get that. But just think about it. What would you say? I mean, do you, do you walk around? Are you, are you a known believer? Are you, are, are people, do, do when people see you at church in the lobby, one of our campuses and go, yo, I, are you lost? You go to church here? For real? I didn't know that. So he says, he says, he said, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're talking about. And when he had gone out to the other gateway, another girl saw him. And he said to those who were with him, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. A little later, those who stood by came and said to Peter... Surely you are one of them. Your speech betrays you. And then he began to curse. I don't go to the blankety blank rock church. I don't know what you're talking about. He says, I don't know that man. And immediately the rooster said, Cockadoodle, you busted. And then Peter remembered what Jesus told him. How do you forget that? How do you forget? You know, it's like if, if, if God told me, you're going to deny me today, Jesus. I'd be like, I mean, I would think, maybe not, maybe not. But I would hope I'd be like, how, what? I'm looking out for that. He forgot. How do you forget that? And not only did he forget, he forgot took him three times, he still didn't remember. The rooster had to tell him, you remember what Jesus said? I don't know. <laughs> He remembered the word that Jesus had spoke to him. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and he cried bitterly. Now, based on your requirement of holding a grudge. How many of y'all know you got a requirement of holding a grudge? Okay, so just, this is how we raise our hand around. People could give me a little T-Rex thing, right? What's this? Little alligator arms, okay? For, for example, if someone offends you, you have a certain requirement of what they have to do or how much time or what you, or, or what you have to vent out before you will let it go. How many of y'all know you've got your own requirement? Thank you very much. Raise your hand really high. Okay, very good. Based on your sinful, selfish, egotistical requirements. <laughs> because it, it, there's a biblical requirement and then there's a carnal nature requirement. Can I get amen? And, that, and that's why I call it by sinful egotism. It's about me, right? So based on our requirement of holding a grudge, did Jesus have a right to hold a grudge against Peter? Yes or no? Almost oh, definitely. He transformed that dude's life. But look what he did. He dies. He rises from the dead. And I'm going to read some verses to you. In Mark chapter 16, the angel who appeared at the tomb after Jesus rose from the dead said to the women, do not be alarmed. 16 verse 6, you seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. And then he says, go tell the disciples, watch this, and Peter, Make sure you know Peter, make sure you you let Peter know that Jesus wants to see him. I don't want him to, to miss, well, maybe, you know, he's still mad at me and, you know, no. No, you tell him that I rose from the dead, the angel, Jesus rose from the dead, and Jesus wants him to know he wants to see him. And then another time, they're out fishing, this is after Jesus rose from the dead, in John chapter 21, they're out fishing on this side of the boat, And Jesus says from the shore, hey, cast your net on the other side of the boat. So they cast the net on the other side and they were able to catch 153 fish. Now, I'm not a fisherman, okay. I don't like to fish. It it requires too much patience. (laughs) Period. I need, I need, I'm like ADD. I need action. I can't be sitting there. Okay, what are we doing? (laughs) But if I'm fishing on this side of the boat, why can't the fish just come over here? Because I've been fishing with people, I've fished before. Hey, maybe the fish are over here. Well, why can't they come over here? We got the bait. They'll find the bait. Why don't we got to go to them? You know, but anyway, they go on the other side of the boat. They catch 153 fish. Jesus is the one who told them where to fish. In other words, Jesus said, hey, don't invest in that investment. Invest in that one, Peter. Don't marry that guy. Marry that guy. Don't get this, don't get, don't worry about that he don't have it here. It's okay. Marry that guy. He's got a better heart than that guy. And then it says in John 21, right after this happened, he served Peter. As soon as they had come to the land, Jesus saw, they saw the fire and the coals and the fish laid on the coals. In other words, Jesus saw the fire and he was cooking for them. And he said, Jesus said, bring some fish that you caught. And they cooked it and ate breakfast, ate breakfast together. So Jesus not only told him where to fish, not only told him, tell Peter I want to see him. He not only served to him. Told him how to catch the fish, and then he served him breakfast, and then he commissioned him into ministry. John chapter 21, verse 15. It says, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord, you know I love me. Love you. He said, feed my lambs. He said to him again, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Tend my sheep. He said to a third time, Simon, son of Jodah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved that he said to them a third time, do you love me? Uh, Peter, don't get an attitude that I asked you three times. You deny me three times, homie. <laughs> don't get an attitude. Just, just answer the question. Uh, that's not in the script. I'm just putting that in there. Kind of to help you see it for what it really means. And he says, you know I love you. You know all things. You know that I love you. Yeah, I do know all things. I know what you did when I was getting beat, beat up in the thing and you were denying me in curse words. I know that too. So just answer the question. Do you love me? And he says, feed my sheep. How is it that you can walk in forgiveness healing like that? Number one. Describe the healing that forgiveness has brought between you and God, say Amen if you realize that God has forgiven you for a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> Come on now, I mean, say Amen if God's forgiven you for like infinite amount of stuff that you can't eat, that you don't even know you did. Amen. Can I get Amen? That in the last five minutes you sinned about a hundred times. Can I get Amen? In your head, you're like, how did I do that? In your head, you don't even realize that you sinned in your head. How can I sin in the last five minutes? We have no idea. You know one of the reasons people do not praise God with all their heart because they arrogantly think they're not that bad, and God ain't that good. And because they're not aware of all the things God has forgiven, He who has forgiven much has loves much. But we walk around thinking, you know, I'm good. I know the Bible. I'm pretty good. I don't, I don't sin a whole lot. I'm not killing anybody, putting anybody into, you know, I'm not murdering, not robbing. I'm pretty good. Go to church, yeah, praise God. Praise God. I can't, I can't even remember songs when I'm not singing a song, so I, I'm so bad with that. But just imagine I'm singing a worship song. <laughs> My mind just goes blank when I try to remember songs when I'm, when I'm singing a song. But you're, you're, you're worshiping God, but you're like, yes, yeah, it's, it's cool. God's cool. God's cool, but you know. I'm cool too. <laughs> you need to spend time thinking about how much God has forgiven you. I, I, was, I was talking to a guy once, and he, and he was telling me I was talking about prison ministry. I was over at some guy's house a long time ago, and he says, yeah, "That's good that you're going to those prisons. Those inmates need the Lord." And I said, "You know, some of those inmates that are in prison are going to go to heaven, and you're going to go to hell because you don't know the Lord right now. So you need to focus on you right now. Don't focus on the outward." Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16 to 17. This is the covenant that I will make with those after me, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their heart and in their minds, and I will write them. Then he adds, their sin and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. God has forgotten all your offenses. Why is that important? You've already experienced healing. Through forgiveness with God. He's not bringing your grudges up. And the way he's loving you and forgiving you is exactly the way he wants you to forgive and love other people. That's why you were made in his image, so he can express that forgiveness and that love. True you, man, as my grandfather said. True you, man. You don't understand his love. (laughs) Number two, describe the healing and forgiveness that God has brought with a past offender. In other words, there's somebody in your life who you used to have issue with that you don't anymore. You can't even remember what it was about. When I was in high school, I dated this girl for like two years. And right before prom. And we were buddies. We, we had our, our crew. Uh, high school. I loved high school. How many of y'all loved high school? Okay. How many of y'all didn't like high school? I'm really sorry. That's messed up. That's messed up. I, that, I mean, I, high school was so much fun for me. I mean, I would go back to high school right now. Um, I always go, oh, God, can I be a freshman again? And just go four years, and just it was so much fun. But one of the things that made it fun was I smoked a lot of weed. But that was another story. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's true. I mean, I was a pothead. <laughs> but <laughs> but we had some really good friends. <laughs> I was so bad. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I was, hey, I was lost. I was. I, but anyway, I, I got. I got. So this girl that I was dating, we broke up like. My senior year, I don't remember what month, but it was before prom, like a few months, maybe a few months before prom. I can't remember; it was a long time ago. But I just remember that she ended up going to prom with one of my other friends, and I found out like right before prom. Now I had another girl, so I was I was good, but I was still like, "What's up with that?" <laughs> it was a little tense because that was my boy. I mean, I I known this guy since I was ten. We play football together all through Pop Warner High School. And now he's with the girl that I been just been with for two years. And it kind of, me and him are boys today. We laugh about that. Yo, man, you remember you, th- <laughs> he ain't married to her. She got her own thing, got, he got his thing, got my thing. How many of you had that before with somebody? Not the prom thing, but just just a, just, <laughs> <laughs> just somebody in your life who you had conflict with and it's not an issue. You, you can't even remember. Can I get amen? amen? It can happen with the person you got conflict with now. It can happen with them now. Now, it may take time, but here's the thing. Just walk it out. Now, step number three. Knowing that God has... You've had healing with you and God, knowing that you've had healing with somebody else and multiple people probably, by faith, express your healing with your current offender even before you have the healing. In other words, it still may hurt. When I was in college, I was All-American in my third year. And I went to Division Three school, very small, was the first All-American in history of school. And I was working out after my... In between my third year and my fourth year, my fourth year, I'm going to NFL, I'm an All-American, I'm going to be the man, be the first player, go to NFL, blah, 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 And I went to the gym and we were bench pressing, bench pressing, laying your back. Basically this, you lift up, laying your back and lift it up. If you don't know what bench press is. And so we, I jumped in with some guys who were a lot stronger than me. And they're just like whipping through, warming up with a lot of weight. And they put on 225 pounds, and, and which was for me, not warm-up weight. But I was like, yo, I didn't want to stop the flow. So I just jumped in. You know, I'm, I'm young. You know, I can, I can do this. And I went, bam, bam. And like on rep 37 maybe. I thought it was 37 or something like that. <laughs> All right, I it was 32. I think it was 32. And I went, and my chest ripped. And I went, ah! And they thought, I'm just like screaming out of, yeah. So they just said, push it. <laughs> and this thing's coming through my throat. It's two hundred and twenty-five 25 pounds going to choke me. So I pushed again and it ripped again. And I was like, ah! Make a long story short, I, I, I have a hole in my chest right now. I mean, my, my pec, this is your pec, it attaches here. And so it ripped. It ripped here. So right now, like if I do this, there's a hole right here because they never attached it. And so I had, I, when I had to do rehab, I would literally start a rehab by just doing this. And then I put a half pound in my hand. Then a full pound in my hand. And the healing process took a year and a half. I'm saying I'm going to the NFL, and yet I'm in the gym, my boys are over there pushing up 300 and I'm over here, no lie, where the girls are working out. <laughs> Don't get offended, ladies. I'm just saying what my experience was. They had bars with weights on the end that were 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds. You've seen them. People usually curl with them. I was bench pressing with them and I'm going to the NFL and I had to he I had to work it out to get it stronger you have this person in your life you've had healing with your with your heavenly father you've had healing with people in your life and now it's time to start working out your healing with the person that hurts you start acting like you are healed look in your notes start serving them God has called you to be a servant of all. Jesus is a servant of all. Speak nice to and about them. Stop gossiping. It's called sin. Start thinking kindly towards them or about them. Start praying for them. And start exercising your ability to love them as God would love them. Because the greatest display of God in your life is when a destroyed relationship is reconciled. The whole reason Jesus came and died on the cross was not that your sin could be forgiven, but that your relationship with God can be reconciled. Forgiveness does that, but God didn't want you to get forgiven and go about your business. He forgave your sin or gave you the opportunity to be forgiven so your relationship with the Father can be reconciled. So that's the whole purpose of the gospel, is that God can reconcile you and the Father, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible says, by faith you shall be saved. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, 16, verse 17, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. First to the Jew and to the Greek for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. The just shall walk by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Dear Lord, I don't like that person. I know, walk it out. Just pray for him. Dear Lord, that person hurt me. I know. Just, just speak kindly. Dear God, that I, I can't trust that person. That's okay. Just pray pray for them. Don't say anything, don't say anything negative, because that's in of itself. Just start walking it out. And what's gonna happen is over time, your heart's gonna change. You know, the Bible says the mouth speaks in the overflow of the heart. That means if you say one curse word, you got a whole bunch of more in your heart. You know how to get the curse words out of your heart? Start speaking truth. And it will work backwards. Start speaking life. Start speaking blessing. Start speaking abundance over somebody. And it will drive out all the garbage in your heart. Can I get amen? Amen. So here's what we're going to do in a minute. We're going to take communion. But before we take communion, it is very important that you ask Christ to be your Savior. You do not want to take communion. If you've never asked Christ to be your Savior. Because what you're telling God is, God, I know you died for my sin. I take communion. I know you died. I know you shed your blood for me. But I ain't going to accept you as my Savior. You rather not take communion. If you're not going to ask Christ to be your Savior or have never done that. But we want to give you an opportunity to receive the forgiveness of God. God wants to forgive you. And guess what? When he does, he remembers your sin no more. He can... His relationship with you can be healed immediately. It's our memory that messes us up. So I'm going to ask all of you on all the campuses to bow your heads and close your eyes. (coughs) Lord, thank you so much that you forgive and then you forget. And you heal. You cleanse us of our unrighteousness. I thank you for all the stuff we have all done that you never bring up. That you have chosen to forgive. If you realize that God loves you and you realize that you would like to receive his forgiveness, whether it's for the first time. Or you've just been drifting and you want Him to cleanse you of your sin and reestablish a stronger relationship with Him. Just pray this prayer. It's a prayer of admitting that you are a sinner. It's a prayer of acknowledging that He is the Lord, that He died and rose from the dead for your sin. It's a prayer of surrender saying, Lord, I am yours. So in the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I have offended you. But I believe you love me. That Jesus died and rose from the dead. And like Peter, he wants to forgive me. So I surrender my life to you. Please forgive me of my sin. Fill me with the presence of the Holy Spirit. As the eyes are closing, and the heads about. if you prayed that prayer, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand up. If you want someone that you came with to stand with, you just tap them on the shoulder or the knee or whatever. And as you stand, you are acknowledging, yes, I am receiving the forgiveness of God. So on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer for whatever reason, whether you want to ask Christ to be your savior for the first time or you just want to reestablish closer intimacy with God and you just want to get stuff off your chest, out of your heart, I'm just going to ask you to stand on all the campuses on the count of three. One, two, three, stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. Stay standing. God bless you.